Well, what's going on, FCA? Welcome back to True Life Sessions. If you don't know me, my name is Michael Hawks, and I have the honor of serving on FCA staff in the Pacific Northwest region. And today we have an incredible episode. If you are a coach, athlete, student, parent, and you still find your identity getting tied up in your performance or how you do, this is the episode for you. We have the honor of sitting down with fifth-year senior at Purdue University, Aiden O'Connell. He is the quarterback for the Boilermakers and really shares how he finds his identity in Christ, not in how well he does on or off the field. Aiden is so wise, and I know that you will gain something from the conversation I get to have with him. And then on the backside, I get the honor of sitting down with FCA staff person Scott Stahl, who serves in the Great Lakes region, and he is in relationship with Aiden and talks more in depth about what it looks like practically for a coach, an athlete, or anyone following Jesus to find our identity in what Christ has done, not in what we do. It's an amazing episode. I, I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're ready. Take some notes, but let's dive into the conversation I get to have with Aiden O'Connell. Well, what's going on, coaches and athletes? Welcome back to True Life Sessions. It is such an honor for you to join us today, wherever you're at in the country or the globe. Uh, it's such a such an honor to just be with you and hang out, even through a screen. And today we have a very, very special episode. Um, I am so honored to have Mr. Aiden O'Connell uh, here with me today. Aiden, what's up, dude? Hey, Michael. How you doing? Thanks for having good. me. Good. Yeah, good. Uh, Aiden, some people might know who you are. Um, some people might not know who you are. You want to kind of share a little bit kind of where you're at and what you do? Yeah. Uh, like Michael said, my name is Aiden O'Connell. I'm a senior here at Purdue University. I play football here. Uh, from northern suburbs of Chicago, um, so pretty close to Wisconsin, actually, but um, been at Purdue for a, a while now, it seems like, um, but I've enjoyed my time. What's the weather like up there right now? <laughs> Honestly, you caught us on a good day. We're about uh, 50 and sunny right now, which feels <laughs> like 75 and sunny, so I, there's no complaints here. I, I was out there in sweatpants and a t-shirt, um, yeah. which is First time I can say that in a long time, so we're having a good day. <laughs> That's a good day. We'll just put yeah. that one in the good day column. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again, Aiden, dude, super, super excited. I'm so thankful for technology and that God is using technology to bring us together so that I, in my job, get to sit in my house uh, in my pajamas and get to have an awesome conversation with a D1 quarterback. Like, I'm just so thankful for you to be here and excited for you, uh, excited to just learn from your wisdom. Uh, but you, you, you're not new to FCA. You've been around FCA for a while. Um, if you guys don't know, Aiden's been a part of FCA for a long time, done a lot of mission trips with FCA. And I'd love for you to kind of just share a little bit about that, just kind of your upbringing, your faith, and how FCA played a part in that. Yeah, so I, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, and as most would say, I uh, didn't really make my faith my own until I got to school. It was actually just mm -hmm. a few years ago. Um, but right when I got to school, um, our FCA chaplain, Marty Dittmar, kind of took me under his wing and invited me to FCA. I went, I remember I went the first, very first week of summer in June of 2017. And I don't think I've missed a week since then. Mm -hmm. Um, another guy, David Blouse, former, uh, athlete here at Purdue, uh, also was instrumental in, in, uh, same thing as Marty taking me under his wing and, um, you know, showing me the ropes and kind of, you know, showing me that, um, there's life outside of football. And that mm -hmm. was, Though growing up in the Christian home, uh, I knew that <clears throat> see it done in a practical way was was huge for me. And so, yeah, I joined FCA right when, right when I got here was, uh, you know, just a participant for a few years. And then when David left um, in 2018, um, Marty asked me to be the leader of FCA. So I've been the student leader of FCA for, I guess, two or three years now, a long time, um, but have enjoyed it a lot. Um, like you said, been able to go on a few mission trips uh, to South Africa. We go as a group uh, every year. We obviously haven't been able to go for the last couple of years because of um, COVID, but uh, mm -hmm. before that, we, we would go almost um, twice a year, maybe three times a year um, down wow. to South Africa and for a week and help out an orphanage. And um, the FCA has just been amazing. It's been a you know a place that um, I've been able to be real, be, be myself, um, been able to, you know, be around like-minded people um, mm -hmm. who love, love Christ, love his word, um, and are, you know, just trying to, to live a better life, uh, not, not to earn our salvation, obviously, but, mm -hmm. um, because of God's great love for us. Wow. That's awesome, dude. You're preaching. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I was going to ask, uh, this just randomly popped into my head. Uh, but if you were not playing football, what would you be doing? 
That's a great question. I think um, I think I'll be playing basketball. Um, okay. My, my life was uh, I'm pretty boring. It's it's been sports um, <laughs> since I was a little kid. It was all about sports. So mm-hmm. I think if I wasn't playing football, um, I'd be I'd be trying to play basketball somewhere. I don't know if my knees would have hold, held up <laughs> in five years. That's the big question. But I definitely would have been trying. Yeah, come on, bro. You're still young. You got you got some life in those knees. Me, I'm I'm still pretty young by the grace of God, but my knees crack a little when I stand up, and it's it's yeah. it's not getting good. It's not getting good. That's so good. I love I love what you shared, man. You shared the heartbeat of God, and you definitely shared the heartbeat of FCA. Like we are so passionate about disciples making disciples, and like Jesus is like, hey, this is how you do ministry. Uh, grab some dudes, grab some friends, and just do life together. And that's what Paul talks about in the New Testament. Like follow me as I follow Christ. And now because of the investment that an athlete and an FCA staff person made in your life, you are now living into that and doing that again for this next generation. And I think that's so dope. That's, that's my story. That's my story. A dude in FCA brought me under his wing and literally the same thing. And when T left, he was like, hey, this is yours. Do the same thing that I did. And uh, now, praise by the grace of God, FCA is still going on at my little school in Virginia. And uh, now I'm on staff. So, hey, watch out, Aiden. You never yeah. know, man. Life after football might be an FCA staff person. That's true. Coming quick. So you never <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to like talk a little bit about those mission trips. I, I think that's so awesome. What do you think, if you could sum it up in one sentence, what's one thing you think God taught you during that time? Yeah, it's, it's cliche, um, but you know, it's that, man, we're really fortunate here in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, and it's obviously uh, in terms of material we are, mm-hmm. um, and having a shower, having a bathroom, having um, all these things that a lot of people down there don't have, um, yeah. and I know this is more more than a sentence, but uh, you just learn to be thankful, learn to be appreciative yeah. of, of what you have, and then um, also learn that um, you know one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord, and that's what we're yeah. trying to proclaim down there. Same thing here. So you know yeah. they they're a lot more joyful than we are. They don't have much, but they're happy just running around barefoot outside playing soccer mm-hmm. or doing whatever. So yeah. I think it taught me to be more thankful. Wow, that's awesome. That's something I think the Lord's teaching me in this season is that gratefulness and thankfulness, gratefulness and anxiety can't be in the same room together. Like, at, like either anxiety's on the, th- on the throne of my heart or gratefulness is. And it's like gratefulness is such a good um, defense against anxiety. It's like if I ever start getting anxious thoughts, it's like I have forgotten how, God, how good God has been to me. And it's yeah. like I just sometimes I just need to stop and just be like, Lord, thank you that it is 55 and sunny. <laughs> at Purdue University. Like, thank you, Lord, it's not raining in Portland. Thank you, Lord, that, man, the sun is out. Like, thank you, I get to go on a walk today. Thank you, I got breath in my lungs. And so I love that. I love that you're sharing about that. And But I really wanted to talk about today, you being a D1 athlete, a quarterback, a lot of pressure um, to perform. Um, this, this month in FCA, we're talking about uh, this quarter, we're talking about everything in Christ. And in that, we're talking about what does it mean to be loved by God? Like you are loved. You have everything that you need in Christ. I would love for you to share a little bit about, uh, you know, I'm sure you've had some really great games and I'm sure you've had some really bad games. How, how difficult or how do you kind of work through like not finding your identity in your performance, but finding your identity in Christ as a D1 athlete? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I definitely don't want to act like I have it figured out or I have yeah, the magic answer. Sure. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still working through it and I will be uh, until I die. So it's it's a work in progress. It's it's not easy. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that, that calms me down, that helps me, um, is the truth of the scripture. Uh, I think yeah. of 1 John 4, 19, uh, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of, I think it's Hebrews 13, 8. Um, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I think about the immutability of God, obviously one of his attributes mm-hmm. um, about him, him that he's never going to change. He's not going to mm-hmm. change. Um, and after, you know, salvation, after uh, repentance and belief in Christ, um, like you talked about, you're in Christ. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a verse I can't remember. I think it's in Ephesians, not the heights, the depths, mm-hmm. whatever is going to separate us from the love of Christ. So I think those promises in scripture um, yeah. help me in a practical way being like, before the game, what, what helps me to, to say is, God, first of all, you don't owe me a win. You don't owe me a good performance. You've given mm-hmm. me everything in Christ. Um, wow. And that, that helps me, that helps calm me down. And then um, now the game, again, I don't do a great job of it, but, you know, hopefully the anxiety can kind of settle and I can see the game um, as it's supposed to be, as, as a joy, as a gift. Mm-hmm. 
again, because I don't, I don't deserve, um, or I'm not expected. Um, and I, God doesn't owe me, like I said, the good performance. So I think, um, the combination of, of the, the promises in scripture, um, and, you know, just kind of reminding myself of, of what God has uh, told us about ourselves as Christians. Wow. That's so good. That is so good. There's so much in there that I want to unpack, but we don't have the time to do it. But the one thing I do want to highlight is that coaches and athletes can all learn from what you just said, that, Lord, you don't owe me a win. You've given me everything that I need right now in this moment. I'm reading through Lamentations right now. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm reading through Lamentations right now. But Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, in the middle of the book, has this beacon of hope come out. Um, he's lamenting about Israel's downfall and but he says, man, my hope is in God. He is my portion. And I had to study what portion is, and it means that he's my inheritance, that, that I do have everything that I need regardless of the circumstance, regardless of if I play good or if I don't play good, or before I even step foot on the field, that God in himself, the creator of the universe, like that blows my mind, gave himself to me. And that's just mind-boggling to me. And I, I hope I never fully reach that mystery and understanding it, like, because it's so good to always be reminded that, like, hey, Michael, I'm your inheritance. Like, oh, what about this? What about that? What about th-? No, 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 no. I'm your inheritance. And that's just so good to hear, I think, for even for a coach that's been coaching for 50-some years that still finds their identity in wins and losses. No, coach, like, your inheritance is Jesus. You have everything you need. That's so good. That's so good, Aiden. Now, I, I did hear, uh, we were talking a little bit about this before, but you uh, you just got engaged, didn't you? I did. I did. Hey, congratulations, dude. Congratulations. What uh, are you most excited about in marriage? Uh, that's a, a great question. I think, yeah. um, you know, I think it's, we, we see in, in the New Testament, one of God's biggest analogies for mm-hmm. um, Christ loving the church is marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's us being his bride and Christ being the groom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just, um, it's obvious that God has gifted us with, uh, you know, a, a partner for, um, this lifetime and mm-hmm. through all the ups and downs and the struggles, um, which are many, um, there's someone by your side mm-hmm. that ultimately is not going to be your source of joy, um, uh, but mm-hmm. it's someone that can, you know, help you along the way and you can help them. And I think, yeah, just the companionship of, of having someone there, um, Mm -hmm. is, is what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, that's awesome. I will say as a man who is just so thankful for my wife, uh, it is, it is such a joy and I'm so excited for you and your fiance to kind of step into that. Um, cause uh, I think we were talking about it a little bit before kids is one thing that reveals the brokenness of who I am, but man, does marriage reveal that, but also is so quickly replaced by who the grace of Jesus and, and who he's been for me. So Aiden, you're coming in your fifth year, your, your fifth year. Um, what is life after football for you? You know, a lot of c- coaches and athletes, I know for me, man, I went through a very just deep struggle when I didn't have sports, when I played that last game, when I wore the jersey for that last time. Man, there was a, a real just tension in my heart of like, man, who am I? <laughs> like, yeah. who am I? So, Aiden, how could you help the coach or the athlete that maybe is coming up on a season that is their last? Uh, or, or, or maybe they don't know what's coming next. How can you help encourage them that their identity is in Jesus? Yeah, it's a great question again, and I'm not going to act like I, I have figured out because yeah, I don't. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but I think uh, the goal for me is to try and play in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. that's, I didn't know if I was going to have an opportunity when I first got to Purdue, but it, you know, it seems like I, I may have the chance. So that's going to be a, a goal of mine, um, and I hope that works out. But you know, that's a, a dream that, you know, a lot of things have to go my way outside of my control to happen. So mm-hmm. um, not that I'm not going to bank on it, but, you know, I'm going to have other options. Um, and if you ask me this, you know, even a few months ago, um, maybe more than that, maybe a year ago, I, I would have had no idea what I want to mm-hmm. do. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. But I, I, I love ministry. Um, I love um, the Bible. I love, you know, helping people. Um, and so I think some, some sort of role with that, um, my dream job, I think right now would be an NFL chaplain. Um, wow. I have a, our old chaplain here uh, for our football team is now with the Detroit lions named Sean Pugh. He's, uh, was huge in my life and helping me. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think that role of, you know, still being, being able to be a part of football and, um, mm-hmm. the team camaraderie, but also, um, the, uh, spiritual aspect of it as well is, is very appealing to me. So that would be the goal. And, uh, you know, we, we make plans, but. Who knows what's going to happen? 
Yeah, totally, totally. I would just say, man, I think there's a lot of pressure, especially on young people and college students. Man, I remember going back home for Thanksgiving, going back home for Christmas in college, and you'd always get that question, what are you going to do with your life? You know, and it's like that weight would always fall upon me. And man, I think what the Lord's always just taught me is like, I'll handle it. Just enjoy the journey. Just yeah. enjoy the journey. And if you, you look at the Psalms, like David, regardless of what was going on around him, good or bad, he loved in that moment, knowing that the Lord was his shelter. The Lord was his hiding place. The Lord was everything that he needed. The Lord was his portion. And it's just like, I think the Lord is just really big about enjoying the journey, enjoying the moments. So um, we'll be praying for you in that, man. I'm, I'm so thankful that, you know, we got to talk for only 15 minutes, but I'm excited to just pray for you and um, in your new marriage, your, your new, the new season, everything new coming out. Um, just know that FCA is for you, brother, and uh, we'd love to, to support you in any way that we can. Um, do you have any, you have like a one-liner or something that you want to encourage coaches and athletes with as we close today? Um, that's a good question. I think uh, there's a, a book by John Piper, and this, a, a quote that's well-known, I think the quote is something like, um, one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. And so that's mm. something I've been trying to live by. Um, eternity good. is a long time. Um, you know, this, this earth is, you know, one day not going to be here anymore, and um, we're going to be in our spiritual bodies. So I would say set your minds on the eternity, and mm. I know it's easier said than done, but totally. that's what I'm trying to do. That's good. Well, Aiden, I'd love to pray for you, if you don't mind, brother. Just yeah, uh Coaches and athletes, let's just take a moment. We're just going to pray for our brother. <clears throat> Jesus, Lord, we just love you. We thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. And that right now, God, those of us who call you king uh, have everything that we need. That, Lord, that we don't have to grind. We don't have to go out and work really hard. We don't have to do this, X's, O's, A, B, C. We don't have to do the right things in order to gain your favor. But because we have accepted Jesus and we've accepted the victory on the cross and his death and resurrection, we have everything we need now. And that we don't have to work for freedom, but from freedom we can be free. That's what Galatians says. So, Lord, we just thank you, God for everything that you're doing in Aiden's life. I thank you for all the newness that is coming. Um, and Lord, I just pray for this next season. God, I just pray for, uh, I just pray joy upon him, Jesus, that every, uh, every game, every second, every practice, every, every film, every whatever may come in the future, God, that he would have just a joy that is unexplainable and that those around him would be affected just because he walked into the room because of your Holy Spirit in him and that the football fields that he steps on the campuses he steps on, the huddles he steps in would never be the same, not because of him, but because of you in him. And God, we just pray for everything that you have for him in this next step, this next phase of life. Lord, we just uh, admit that it is, it is in your hands and we trust you with it because you are our portion. Uh, you are our inheritance and in you, we have everything we need. So thank you for Aiden. Thank you for his wisdom. I pray it helps these coaches and athletes who listen to this. And uh, Lord, we could just step closer and deeper into the fullness of life that you have given to us so freely. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, Aiden. Well, hey, we love you, brother. We're for you. And uh, we can't wait to see what God does in you and through you on and off the field this year. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you, brother. Well, welcome back, coaches and athletes. So thankful again for you to join us today. And just want to take a moment and just want to honor Aiden. Aiden, thanks, bro, for your wisdom. Thank you for everything that you taught me. And I hope you're teaching coaches and athletes all over the country and all over the globe. But as I said in the intro, we're going to be moving into this back half to really just debrief and uh, dissect and expound upon, if you will, and make it just a little bit more practical, kind of some things that Aiden discussed uh, as he was chatting with me. And I invited a heavy hitter in, Mr. Scott. Uh, Scott, uh, you want to just introduce yourself, where you're from, what you do on FCA staff, and uh, we'll roll from there. Sure, Michael. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on TLS. Uh, my name is Scott Stahl. I serve as the Regional Director of Ministry Advancement for the Great Lakes Region here in the great state of Michigan. I am uh, just outside of Grand Rapids, and uh, before we hopped on, Michael, I was saying, you know, it's this is a great place to live in the summer and a not so good place to live in the winter. So it's it's cold, but that's all right, man. We're we're moving forward, moving forward, looking to spring. Now, are you a Michigan fan or a Michigan State fan? 
I gotta be honest, man. Neither. I my allegiance wow. is with the bo- the Purdue Boilermakers, man. I, wow. I bleed black and gold. So to be on this with with our guy Aiden O'Connell is truly uh, is truly a fun thing. Wow. Go. What is it? Boiler up? Is that what they say? Boiler up, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Boiler up. Black and gold. I love that. I love that. Hopefully that doesn't hit any uh, people from Michigan in the wrong way. But Scott's just gotta. It's gotta. He's got it. He's he's loyal. He's loyal. <laughs> we'll pray for them. We'll pray for them. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll pray for them. We'll, we'll definitely have some time to uh to to pray for him. And Scott, I'd love for you to share just your relationship with Aiden, how you know him, and uh, just really just the the time you spent with him uh, leading up till now. Yeah, I I have a, a great relationship with our uh, FCA campus director uh, Marty Dittmar, and uh, Marty and I have been been friends and co-workers for uh, five or six years here. And so uh, we, we've struck up a relationship and, and Marty uh, graciously invites me to come down to Purdue about once a year and and share with the huddle. And so in doing so a couple of years ago, uh, Marty introduced me to Aiden. And uh, at the time, Aiden was kind of being groomed to be the the leader of the Purdue huddle and just got to know him and uh, just follow him along his journey. And so I've had the opportunity to just stay connected with Aiden. He's honestly just a, a tremendous, a tremendous, uh, I don't want to say kid. He's, he, I mean, he's a, he is a, a man uh, of faith. And so just to see him uh, step out, whether it's on the field, uh, whether it's on campus or whether it's even in his huddle and uh, really be an example is really remarkable to see. So I, I can't speak, uh, more highly uh, about Aiden O'Connell than than I could right now. Yeah, man, we're just gassing you up, Aiden. If you're listening to this, we just we just gassing you up, dude. We uh, I, I will say, man, I was just so encouraged, like, to see uh, a young man uh, of his age, you know, to be playing on the biggest stages uh, in the country and to still be so grounded in his faith um, was just so encouraging to me and to me for me to think back to when I was a senior in college I you know I was the same trying to figure out like who is Jesus what is Jesus calling me to it's just so encouraged like I love my job like let me tell you I love my job that I get to be encouraged by college age middle school age high school age kids young men and women who just love Jesus and I just I just felt so encouraged just learning from him and being like man like <laughs> You could tell Jesus is real because Aiden's living in it, and uh, it's just so encouraging to hear from his wisdom. And so, but you know, like like I said, we want to we want to kind of make it a little bit more practical. Um, you know, put into practice, as Paul would say in the New Testament. And I think Aiden touched on a lot of different things, but me and you were kind of walking through like what is the things we really need to zoom in on. And I think one of the biggest things, Scott, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, this idea of love based on Christ, not performance. And I know for me growing up, and I know for many of us, whether we're in FCA or not, as athletes or as coaches, that is so much in our DNA that, okay, I got I to gotta do good. I got to be good. I got to be my best and all this stuff. And it, it, it's so easy to... Um, for the lines to get blurred and allow that to trickle into our faith to where we're like, okay, well, if I have to do this on the field or on the court, I must have to do this in my faith. So I'd love to just hear your thoughts. Like, did you struggle with that growing up? And, and, and then as you work with coaches and athletes in the Great Lakes, like, is it something very common or just love to hear your thoughts about it? Yeah. uh, You know, this is something that you know, I, I struggled with, I think, in my life um, for a season. And so real quickly, I came to faith when I was really young, uh, grew up going to church. Uh, parents provided an incredible foundation of faith for me and my sister. And, you know, my faith didn't become my own until I went into college, got involved with FCA on campus, um, was really, you know, charged with leading. Um, but it was from a place where um, I didn't really feel like I was uh, what we would call discipled really well as far as talk about, okay, what is the you know daily rhythms and practices, the, hmm. the day in, day out of following Jesus? And so, you know, I, there was a lot of great things and that, you know, provided for this foundation. And then there were some areas of lack. And hmm. I really felt like one of the areas of lack was I thought I needed to put myself in that area where hmm. God would uh, think better of me. He would love hmm. me more. 
if I performed, and I'm not just talking about on the field, I'm talking about in my faith. If, mm-hmm. if I read my Bible more, if I prayed more, or if I didn't mess up and, and that really is just, you know, we, we boil that down to that's just religion. That's, that's mm-hmm. works. That's trying to prove yourself to God. When, when really he says that if you are a believer in Jesus, you are now in the kingdom of God, you're a son or a daughter, mm-hmm. you're a child, and you don't have to prove anything. Mm-hmm. His love was proved by Jesus on the cross. Now he says you are actually approved. He approves mm-hmm. of you. And there's it's nothing good. more that you can do to earn his love, nothing you can do less to, to lose his love. Mm-hmm. That this concept of grace really not only saves you, but it, it keeps you in the family, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for me, that whole performance thing was a huge, uh, huge mind shift over the really the past several years as God has just been kind of, uh, you know, helping me backshift a little bit to, to really understand, okay, Scott, it's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. And now you can mm-hmm. rest in that. And I think mm-hmm. for coaches and athletes, this, this competitive mindset can kind of be hard to, to reconstruct a little bit because we're told mm-hmm. that our worth is based on our performance. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as last night's practice or last night's game. And what that mm-hmm. scoreboard says usually dictates how you feel about yourself or mm-hmm. what your coach said dictates what you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so being able to say, you know what, regardless of what the scoreboard says, regardless of how yesterday went, my worth, my identity transcends that. It goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. It's in something that's secure and stable. It's in who God says I am as, mm-hmm. you know, fill in the blank as far as what attribute you know, you want to claim I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm, I'm a king, I'm, you know, whatever it is, I'm a royal mm-hmm. priest into the heavenly, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's yeah. being able to claim onto that is really what gives you that sure and steady when things seem, you know, rocky and shaky. And mm-hmm. I think that for coaches and athletes is a huge paradigm shift. And it's not easy, but that's where really the, the inner work of the Holy Spirit to go. It's not about what you do. It's not mm-hmm. about what you do. It's not about what you do, it, but really stepping into what Jesus has done, who you are, that frees you up in your life. Honestly, I think it frees you up too in your sport. I mean, if mm-hmm. you think about if you come into your sport so focused on performance, outcome, scoreboard, that, that invokes like this tension of, oh my gosh, I'm fearing outcomes. Same thing in a spiritual life. Oh man, I'm fearing what happens if I don't perform well to God. But really, mm-hmm. you know, it says in 1 John 4, perfect love casts out fear because fear has to mm-hmm. do with punishment. Yeah. Jesus' perfect love casts out our fear. And Jesus says he gives us joy. He gives us really this approval where we go out and we just step into God has made us to be regardless of outcomes, regardless of performance. Yes, it's a daily journey where, yes, we seek to grow in the Lord day by day, but we are approved. We go out and we have the full blessing as we step on the court, the track, the mat, the field, the pool, wherever it is, knowing that it doesn't matter what at the end of the day what the scoreboard says, but but our worth and identity is in something way much bigger than that. Mm, that's so good, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's so many things that you just said, and I think I think for some reason, I don't know why, this may just be the coffee I had this morning, but I just felt like the Spirit wanted me to be like, really hone in on this right now because I think there's coaches and athletes out there that are in chains when it comes to performance mm-hmm. and showing up and making sure that they're the best or whatever it may be. And listen, we have a whole whole half of the first part of our Bible is proving to us that works just don't cut it. Like it doesn't matter how good you truly are. That's what the whole first of the Old Testament is, is the Lord saying like, okay, here's the, here is the way in which to live in my kingdom. This is the way. Because we're so broken, here is the way. That's why the book of Leviticus was created, the sacrificial system. And still, even in the midst of that, we could not prove ourselves to God. Mm. But, that's what I love, this is my favorite, favorite words in all of Scripture, but God, so rich in mercy gave up his most prized possession so that I could enter into that. So that, that now when I'm, when I'm face-to-face with my creator, it's not about, hey, Michael, how'd you do? He looks to Jesus mm-hmm. and say, what did you do? And Jesus said, I gave it all for him. 
I gave it, I gave every ounce I could for this young man or this young lady. I gave everything I could. And that is like, it changes everything. It changes everything. And I love the way in which God is all, I love what you said, rest. This gives us rest. It gives us peace. It gives us joy. The fruits of the spirit, like this is, this is where it comes from. (laughs) Like this gives us rest. And I love in the creation story in Genesis, what is the first thing that Adam and Eve did together? They rested. God, God made everything, and then the first day they're created, he invites them into rest. And what a perfect first picture we get of the gospel of Jesus. God has done everything. He's created everything. And then he says, you know what? This is what you're going to have to do, but today, let's kick it. <laughs> today, let's rest together. And mm-hmm. what a beautiful picture. And then what that teaches us now in the New Testament is that we don't have to work for rest, but from the rest of God, we get to do these amazing things. And that chain that flips everything on its head. And it's like, you know, in the workplace nowadays, it's I'm working for that. I'm working for the weekend. I'm working for Mm -hmm. that vacation this year. Man, I can't wait till I save up enough so I can retire. Man, God's kingdom, it's like so freeing because it flips it and it's saying you have the eternal rest in Jesus. Now you can work with everything that you got for the glory of God. I don't care if you're mm. a janitor. I don't care if you're a coach. I don't care if you're an athlete. I don't care if you own a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> but because of the grace of Jesus that has been given to you, you now get to work from rest, and that gives life to literally everything. And mm. what would it look like? And I think that's where I want to talk now. Like, man, what would it look like for a coach or an athlete to live fully free in that. And I know, and listen, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier said than done. And I know that you could probably share on this, Scott, but I think every single day I have to come to grips with that realization. Okay, Michael, every, like, as soon as I wake up, I'm still trying to prove that Jesus was, Jesus's sacrifice was enough for me. I'm still trying to prove to God that, hey, Jesus didn't waste it. <laughs> the cross wasn't a waste on me. But that's just, that's just, that's just not the gospel. It's just not. It's just not. And so, like, how do, you, how do you think coaches and athletes can practically live from rest instead of performing to try to get that, that approval or that peace or that joy or that satisfaction or whatever you want to fill in the blank? How can we kind of flip that practically for a coach and athlete? That's really good, Michael. You know, as you, as you were sharing, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 came to mind and i think mm. you were saying how so often we see in in kind of today's sports culture the uh bondage of mm-hmm. or the worship of the scoreboard the performance the identity that's not rooted in christ you know the the passion translation uh, of that verse is so rich mm. uh, and it says wherever the spirit is lord there is freedom mm. So often mm-hmm. we know, okay, wherever the wherever the uh, the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This mm-hmm. is saying wherever the the spirit is Lord. So meaning the lordship wow. of the spirit reigns. Yeah, there is freedom. So I think for a coach or an athlete, if you're listening right now, you 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 look at your heart and go, okay, where does the spirit need to be Lord? Hmm. Where where am I staring so often, and is it focused on Jesus, or is it really focused on something else? And, and you, you touched on it, Michael, where if it's not the scoreboard right now, you know, it, it might be, you know, fill in the blank. It's, it's money. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's career. You name it. Wherever the spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Where, where, where is there this, this need just to say, you know, I surrender whatever it is that I'm struggling with. I surrender my identity to, to the spirit and to what his word says, because I think that is just a huge step in being able to, you know, Romans 12 to trans, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What does God say uh, my identity is based in mm. rather than what the world says? Mm-hmm. Because I think if, you know, beginning to take that journey in surrender in a posture of, Lord, what does it look like to dive into your truth and really mm-hmm. understand this? That then will give you some practical next steps, mm-hmm. and and I think one of the one of the things where, you know, maybe just to challenge a coach or an athlete, you know, I'll start with I'll start with coaches. You know, how, how do you view your players? Honestly, mm-hmm. where, yes, if if you're struggling in how you see yourself, how's that projected onto the way you coach? 
Yeah. And so often we say, you know, are you transacting with your players? You're a mm. transactional coach? Or are you a transformational coach mm-hmm. where you're really seeking to coach the entirety of the athlete? You don't see that athlete just for his or her performance, but you're really wanting to see, you know, a kingdom redemption in the heart and life of that, co- of that athlete or, and on mm-hmm. that team. And it's something as simple as far as, hey, no matter how you play today, I, I love you. You know, you, mm-hmm. your, your worth is not dictated on your performance, no matter how well you do, how poorly you do. I think that's a key thing just for coaches to understand. If, you're, if you really want to be a player's coach, as everybody says, that vernacular, mm-hmm. and not a performance coach, you really need to focus on, okay, loving your players no matter how good or how bad of a day you have. And for mm-hmm. athletes, the same thing as far as when you walk home, uh, you know, you walk out the door after practice, you're on your way home. You know, your mind kind of goes back to, okay, what was the last practice like or what game did I just walk out of? And you try to kind of assume your identity for good or for bad because you might be going, oh, man, I am just just the worst player on earth. And that means I'm the worst person on earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're thinking I am like, you know, God's gift to this earth because I <laughs> yeah. am just, you know, all world or whatever it is. <laughs> and just and just being able to reframe and going, okay, you know. Have joy in competition. Yes, go all all in for that. But but it's not about that because at the end of the day, the scoreboard shuts off, the stat the stat book closes, and there's a whole life that you have to live. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to you know get some buddies, some other teammates, just trying to challenge yourself with that, getting into God's word, praying before a game, you know, even praying amidst competition. Lord, reframe my mind. Lord, help me focus on you. Lord, and it's you know, getting recalibrated at halftime or a timeout or whatever that looks like. And then going out and, and not forgetting who you are. Because I think that's, mm-hmm. exce- you know, essentially what we're talking about as far as not forgetting who you are and whose you are. Because, man, mm-hmm. that just unleashes uh, a whole new realm of competition like never before. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, man, the freer you, the freer you are, like when you play or when you coach, like there's no telling what God would do in mm-hmm. that. And, and two, the... Mm-hmm. The, the moments that you get to have, you know, I think, I think of my high school, my high school football coach, like he, he, I don't know if he was a believer, but the way in which he lived his life showed me a different, um, a different view of manhood and like what it, what it was like to, uh, be a figure in a young man's life, um, when maybe that wasn't around. And, even even in those moments, it wasn't even about because I was a kicker. So there was a lot of pressure on on whether I was hitting my shots or not. You know what I mean? And so, but there was just so many times where I'm sitting in his office and he's just, you know, we're just joking around, hanging out. I'm probably keeping him away from getting to dinner with his family. I'm I'm staying way too late. I'm or I come into I walk right into his house, but he created such this sense of like, man, you're welcome here. Like mm. you're, you're on my team, which means you're in my family. And like, it, it wasn't about the, the, the number Jersey I had or how many extra points I hit or how many field goals I hit. It was, man, he loved me for me. And now on the backside mm. of that, like I called him when I found out I was going to have a, a little boy because I was freaking out. Like when, when I, me and my wife got pregnant, you know, I like, I wanted to tell him, you know, and it's like, there's something different about it. That's not, that's not a coach that's you know, looking at me like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to Like, that's a coach that was invested in who I was. Mm-hmm. And he always mm-hmm. said, like, if the one thing that happens in my program is you be better men in your community and in your homes, I don't really care how many rings we get. I don't care how many wins we get. I, like, I just don't, I just don't care. Like, I want you to be young men that lead your communities, lead your families. And, uh, man, it, it just, it changed my life forever. Like it really did. The way in which I view like investment has been completely changed because of one coach and uh, just the power that the Lord, the Lord can use in that. Um, I think too, it's like, and you kind of explained this a little bit. And I think Aiden talked about this too, just that practicality, you know, when he said, uh, Lord, I don't, you don't owe me this win. Like I thought that was, I thought that was so good. Um, yeah. And I'd love, I'd love to kind of like just dive into that. Like, what does it mean to uh, live from victory and not for victory. And that's kind of the same idea that we were talking about, like living from rest and not trying to strive for rest. But what, what, do, you, what do you have any thoughts about this idea of like playing, living from victory instead of trying to gain victory? 
Yeah, I think what Aiden shared was so good. And, uh, you know, first off the bat, I'll say it really kind of debunks the, the, the misconception in the sports world that God's kind of our, you know, lucky rabbit's foot, where yeah, it's like, hey, sure. we, we kind of do the team, you know, prayer chant before the game. And like, we're going to get, you know, some rain down blessings, you know, name what it is. <laughs> it's touchdowns, points, you know, time yeah. off your whatever, you know, distance race you're in. It's, or it's, you know, we sometimes view God that way. And, and just going like, okay, God doesn't owe us that mm-hmm. is just huge. And, and mm-hmm. again, stepping onto your arena of competition, um, secure that no matter what the performance is, is like, you're, 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 there's more going on mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. than that is huge, you know, and to, you know, to, to touch on your question, Michael, I think that this idea of living from victory, not for victory. It's so huge. Uh, you know, take this one step beyond athletics, just in, in our walks of faith. Mm-hmm. The, the purpose of that, as far as when we live from victory, it's, it's we live from this place where, in the end, we've already won. Mm-hmm. Where we read, we read that, you know, Jesus is coming back, mm-hmm. and we get to be part of this new kingdom that he's mm-hmm. going to usher in. And, you know, nothing can take us out of the palm of his hand, John 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we do read, you know, just a couple of verses before in John 10, that the thief, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm. And so we, we have to face, okay, we, we're, we're, we know what the end result of this game of life is, but mm-hmm. man, in the middle, it gets tough. Like there's, yeah. there's just a lot that's thrown at us that makes yeah. us want to give up and cash mm-hmm. in and say, Lord, like, I don't know if this is worth it. Mm. You said there's going to be troubles in this world and you weren't, you weren't lying. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what, what living from victory is going, you know, Jesus has said that his disciples have been given all authority. Mm. We've been given all power. We have everything we need by the power of the Holy Spirit in us for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. We have everything we need to make it to the finish line and not just to, you know, stumble our way into eternity, but mm-hmm. to really live victoriously. Again, we have power. We have authority. Yeah, the enemy is going to try to steal, kill, and destroy, you know, our, our hope, our joy. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy our identity and make us forget, oh, man, I forget that I'm a believer in Jesus. Oh man, I'm start living for the world. Like, yeah. and then that's where things go haywire. It's like, no, we have victory. We don't need to perform and try to hope that Jesus will somehow like intervene and hear our prayer and like, oh man, you know, maybe it's touch in heaven. Maybe it's something. It's like, no, mm. you are in this place of victory. It says we're seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus. Yeah. And that he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So, you know, for anybody who's listening today and you're going, man, like what, what does it look like to, you know, just make it, make it through a disappointing, you know, season of life or when the world seems to be closing in, or you're a Christian and you're, you're not really sure if this whole thing is chalked up to what it's supposed to be. Just know that what Jesus said is true and it's coming Mm -hmm. true. Like we live in a now, but not yet. Where mm-hmm. hey the kingdom is it, the kingdom is coming, the you know, eternal life with Jesus, the new kingdom is coming, um, and it's here. It, it's a weird yeah. paradox, but and yeah. there's this really kind of awkward in between <laughs> where we have to live by faith, not by sight, mm-hmm. and say the the same one who saved me, the mm-hmm. same one who is transforming me to look like him, is going to be the same one that's going to come back mm-hmm. and rescue me in the end. And so maybe that hits for someone today, yeah. just knowing that we can place our hope that's sure and steady. It's an anchor for our soul. And uh, again, we, we live from a place of victory in Jesus, mm-hmm. not for victory and trying to, to perform and prove our way. Yeah. And I think too, it's like the best way to remind yourself of that is sitting in God's word. Like Amen. we cannot stress this enough is that you just can't figure it out on your own. So one, you got to be in God's word. You have to be in community and you, and you have to be on mission together. Like that's what we say at our church is like, that's what a Jesus centered church is. One focused on worship, community and mission. And I think in the midst of those things, it's easier to uh, combat those 
those things that that would want to take your eyes off of Christ. And I, I've always said to to people that if if the devil, if the enemy himself can get you to look away from Jesus one second, he's winning. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you look away, everything else that is enticing, that is tempting, that is hard, that is struck, is going to cloud your mind. It's going to cloud your eyes, and it's going to make it really easy to fall. It's going to make it really easy to get discouraged. It's going to make it really easy. So why not put these guardrails, if you will, in your life, whether that's God's Word, which you should be in it every day, um, writing it on the tablets of your heart, as the Old Testament says, like, mm-hmm. so so that when this stuff comes, you can yet call back to these things. And then also being in community. I always tell my small group, I need you to be following Jesus for me. Like, I, I, like you have to be following Jesus for me, because there's going to be a day, there's going to be a week, there's going to be a season where I just feel like I can't stand up. And I'm going to need you to carry me back <laughs> to the to the one that calls me the beloved, because I'm going to forget. I'm going to I'm going to lose sight, and I need you so desperately to to if it if it takes it to drag me back <laughs> to to the one to the home, the father that that calls me the prodigal, the beloved son. And then also too, it's like, man, is your life of worship? Like it's really hard to get distracted when you're worshiping. <laughs> like it's really hard to uh, be distracted by what the world's going to throw at you if your eyes are totally fixated upon who Jesus is and not not singing. I know a lot of us know this. Like worship is not just how good you sing or how good you dance or whatever denomination you come from. Whatever, whatever. It, it's it. That's not the case. It's a lifestyle. Romans twelve one says, mm-hmm. "True and proper worship is living as a living sacrifice." And uh, then that goes into what Scott talked about. Then that goes into a renewing of your mind. And what I love about God's Word is it provides tips and tools and, and structures and systems in place already of like, this is how to live in the kingdom of God. And believe it or not, I'm right now studying in the book of Lamentations. So y'all can pray for me out there. But I am sitting in the book of Lamentations, just drawing from Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, about how do I deal with my emotions? Because I'm an emotional dude, and it is really easy for me to get off track. And what I love is if you go in there, it's very pretty graphic stuff of what's going on in Israel. And Jeremiah is just weeping his eyes out to God, like, Lord, show up, please come back. And uh, in this verse, he says, uh, I continually remember them or the things going on, and I become depressed. Who can relate <laughs> to Jeremiah? Amen. He becomes depressed, a prophet, okay? A prophet of God becomes depressed. But verse 21 in chapter 3, this is like the central of the book, the, the, the climax of the book. He says, yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. And so it's like the practicality is like whether it's writing this stuff down on your mirror. I know for me that's what I do. I put I put I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, I am his handiwork. I am this. I am that. I am, I've mm-hmm. always got to be reminded. And that's why I love the Psalms. If you're sitting in the Psalms, David is constantly reminding himself, what has God done? What has God said about me? Who is he? He's my shelter. He's my hiding place. He's the one that I could run to, my rock, my refuge. He's constantly re- preaching to himself. And that's what Paul talks about in the New Testament, a constant preaching or mumbling the word to myself because it's going to get tough. It's going to get difficult. But man, what a freedom that God wants to do that with us. Like that blows my mind. And that's what I love about that Romans 12, one verse is it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God. So he's saying, look back, look at what Jesus has done in view of the mercies of God, live your life as a living sacrifice. And that's your true and proper worship. So it's, it's like, man, I think God created us to be free. I really do. Like he wants us to be free. And what what a beautiful life it would be for a coach or an athlete to play or coach fully free and not allow mm-hmm. performance or anything like that to creep in and be the the king of their life, but allow the one who performed the uttermost <laughs> and gave literally everything so that you could be free today. And uh that that just man that gets me excited about today. I'm excited to, you know, it gets me excited. It gets me excited about today. Um, but Scott, we, we got we to gotta wrap it up. I know me and you could probably talk for literally ever, and we probably will. Um, but is there anything that you just want to encourage, last thing, just to kind of wrap it up, anything you want to encourage a coach or athlete with before we wrap things up today? 
Yeah, you know, I, I was I was reading today also in the Old Testament. Uh, hmm. Shout out to the Old Testament. Um, Come on, Genesis Genesis twenty eight, and this is the story where uh, Jacob is kind of on a journey, doesn't know exactly where he's going. It's at night. He falls asleep. He has to put a rock as his pillow to sleep on. That's where God comes, gives him a dream, speaks promises over his life, protects him, gives him his presence. Jacob wakes up, and he uses that same rock now as an altar to remember and worship what the Lord has spoken. Mm. And he says these words, Genesis 28, verse 16, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. And how something that was hard, like a rock, was turned into something that was holy, which mm. was an altar. So wherever you're at today, how is God in that place that you're at and taking something that's hard? It's your rock. You may be sleeping on it, but God is going to speak something into it. He wants to use it to be something that's holy in your life. And an altar is used to go back and remember Maybe 20 years from now, just like the story of Jacob, he comes back to this altar and remembers what the Lord had done from him in that hard season. So wherever you're at today, maybe there's something where you can agree with Jacob and say, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. That's so good, Scott. <laughs> that encouraged me, man. I'm going to have to go back and read that. I've never, I never noticed that, that, that uh, surely he was in this place, but I was unaware of it. Holy cow. That makes me... That gets me fired up. That gets me fired up. Well, anyways, before I get into it again, <laughs> Coach and Scott, I just want to thank you, man. I, I just want to thank you for your wisdom, and uh, I'm excited to see what God continues to do through you and uh, your relationship with coaches and athletes, uh, wherever it takes you. I'm just excited for it and excited that we get to be coworkers and co-laborers in Christ, um, even though we're thousands of miles apart. So just want to honor you, man, and uh, thank you for, for everything that you do. Oh, Michael, thank you, man. Thank you for your ministry, being the host of TLS. This thing is awesome, man. It's an honor and a joy to be on it. And uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing you real soon and having all those miles uh, evaporate and we can uh, hang out face to face. Yeah, totally, man. It's going to be awesome. Wow, wasn't that incredible? Wasn't it awesome just to hear from Aiden, who plays on the biggest stages in America, college football, how he finds his identity in Christ, not in his wins or his losses or interceptions or touchdowns. And that's so encouraging for me, and I hope it's encouraging for you. And I just want to thank him again for his wisdom and his his really just ability to articulate God's Word to me and hopefully to all of you who are listening today. And also want to thank Scott. What an amazing conversation with Scott and everything that he's doing, walking alongside coaches and athletes and really putting Jesus into practical steps, putting into practice, helping people live out their faith. And I'm just so encouraged by him and his wisdom. And I hope that you today were encouraged and you could just take one step deeper into obedience to Christ. And we'd love to help you with that. If there's any way that we can be praying for you or we can be helping equip you in that, we'd love to do that. Please reach out to your local FCA staff person or DM somebody on Instagram, like I said, and we would love to walk with you in this journey. Remember, God loves you. God's for you. And he did, he did everything in Christ Jesus. So let's live fully free today because Galatians says, for it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Hope you have an amazing week, an amazing month, and we'll see you on next month's episode of True Life Sessions. Have a great, great day.